my sponsor told me um, early on in recovery, he said that no period is a complete sentence, you know, and, and I choose to use that today when it comes to stuff that I don't, you know, that that's not good for my life or that I don't want to be involved with or be a part of. I just say no, period. You know, that's the decision I've made and I stick with it. That was Crystal Delight, and I want to intro this episode with the idea that we are all striving to be something beyond what we're seeing. That is faith. That is recovering, too. Hello, I'm Martin John, your host for this, the Recover Yourself podcast. When I talk about recovering yourself, I'm not referring to recovering something you have previous knowledge of experiencing. I'm talking about recovering the God within you, the God that you were the moment of your conception that spark of unique life and divinity. We walk around this planet thinking we're only human as if that were true. We all know that there is a deeper connection and understanding of spirit, but because we can't see it, we often forget it's there. Some of us go as far as to deny it even exists, and because it cannot be proven in a way that I can prove something physical, denying it can often appear to be true. When we begin to get sober, we're putting faith into the hands of something we cannot yet see. We believe, for whatever reason, we can exist without this addiction. We begin the journey thinking that it's just about not picking up, and yet we learn along the way it was something completely different than that. Believing in ourselves, trusting in ourselves completely, is what makes us the luckiest on the planet, as Laura McCowan would say. As we transition into sobriety, or anything, we can often hide those struggles. But as you'll see as I talk to Crystal, hiding isn't always an option. And as we already know, even if it is an option, it's never the one that's going to get the most out of us. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. Oh, man. Like, this is great. Like, it's hitting everything for me. One, supporting trans folk, because I was doing this pre-production for this documentary, Transfiguration. And I found that we all transition all the time. And as someone in recovery, I know about transitioning from like being a drunk to being, um, you know, sober to being recovering, right? Like, exactly. things happen, you know, quietly in my mind. But like, when I've talked with uh, people in the trans community, like you have to transition publicly and that's something that you can't just hide. Like I was always able to hide behind, like there's nothing different about me externally. And, and like, that's something that I really, like my heart goes out to, 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 to everybody that has to openly transition because you're not always in a space where it's comfortable. Right. As someone who's as a cisgendered man, I've never had to expose myself when I haven't been ready. And that's something that, you know, being beyond what you're seeing is what I like to say. You have to be who you know you are, even though it doesn't look that way at, at times. Right. Absolutely. Because it comes from within. Like, you know, you have to live from within um, instead of living on the outside. You have to, it has to come from within so that, you know, it projects who you really truly are, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Crystal, thank you for I'm being here. I'm excited to be here. So, I want to, I, I like to always start with how much time do you have? I just celebrated 14 years, November 14. Nice. This is your golden. This is your golden anniversary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, man. Um, and yeah, and and so uh, with 14 years, like what what sorts of things are coming up now in your recovery that you're having to face for the first time, or or that that you're facing in a new way, or what's going on with you? Yeah, every day is a challenge, I mean, in recovery, but, you know, I can get through it today because, um, you know, I've got the tools and support that I need um, 
you know, to, um, to manage my life manageably. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the rooms, there is some magic that happens that I haven't experienced outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's, it's the whole program is a magical is a magical experience. <laughs> absolutely. And, and so what are some things that like, that tipped you off that you that your life is, is now more magical, let's say? Um, you know what, like it says, like in the first year of my sobriety, um, like, because I was determined to get through the 12 steps, like super quickly, because I, I, I just wanted to see if it worked. You know, I was intrigued by, by this 12 step program working for um, not just alcoholism, but overeating, um, you know, just so many different dysfunctions that these same 12 steps work for. I was really intrigued to see well, is it going to work for me? Like, can it work? So I was really in a hurry to get through my 12 steps so that I can see. But, you know, like it says in the promises, halfway before um, I even finished my 12 steps, I noticed a, 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 a change, you know, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And um, it was something that um, kept me, kept me, um, kept me coming back, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, and with that, I'll keep coming back. Yes, right. <laughs> that is yeah. that is definitely how that works. Um, and 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 we do keep coming back. But then there is a point, like you're. I mean, with 14 years on, like how how does how do the steps affect you deeper today? Um, because of the fact that um, throughout my sobriety, I've been working with um, you know, uh, several sponsees, and I continue to get sponsees. I continue to have sponsees that go out. I continue to have sponsees that have been with me for years that have sponsees that have sponsees now, you know? So it's like, it's like by giving this thing back, um, for me is like, it's just the best thing ever because it keeps me, it keeps, it keeps me fresh into my steps. It keeps me accountable. It keeps me into the process of the traditions and, um, my inventory and, um, keeping my side of the street clean, you know, and so, yeah, by working with others, by working with sponsees really helps a lot. Um, I'm actually going through the steps again with my sponsor for the fifth time right now, mm -hmm. I believe it is. And, um, yeah, we're on step number three. We just did our third step prayer last night. And so, um, so yeah, it's like, it's just, that's one thing I love about the steps is they're green and you get to recycle them. <laughs> right. And that's a, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. <laughs> I like that. Um, what, what, we, we've talked about your, you know, like some issues that you're having both like, you know, because you're uh, multicultural as well as trans, like how, mm -hmm. how have those, how have you been discovering new pains through this work that you're doing through this kind of idea of recovering your whole self rather than just recovering from something how mm -hmm. what has been popping up as you've been really owning you oh there's always character defects that you know you get rid of some of them and then new ones pop up you know right. or ones that you really haven't fully addressed that have been dormant you know, will pop up. And, you know, that's what I love about the 10th step is because I continue to get to take this inventory and um, when wrong, promptly admit it, which is something I hate doing, but I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate making amends, so I try not to have to, but when I do, when I know I do, I do because it's just what I have to do to keep my, um, to keep my, my sanity and to keep my recovery and to keep my, um, 
rigorous honesty with myself. Yeah. When, you know, one time I was, I was sitting with a couple of friends of mine and I, I made a statement about a, a drink that was on the bar and I said, you know, it was half full. And it dawned on me that I was a different person because I was now like naturally more optimistic. So mm -hmm. did anything like that come, did, did, have, you, have you crossed anything like that in your life where it's like you're in the middle of something and you realize that you're saying something or doing something or acting in a certain way that is totally new to you and that mm -hmm. is not who you would be like without recovery? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. Like, I remember my first year of sobriety, um, it was a perfect second step for me. I was living with a roommate who I worked with and lived with. And, um, um, he had five months and I had 12. I had um, seven months, so we had 12 months altogether a year. And then he relapsed. And I was like, with seven months of recovery, um, I was like on the fishbowl looking, looking outside, looking inside of the fishbowl and seeing the madness and chaos and, 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 I was like, oh my God, I can't with this. This is I do not want this for me in my life. This is not what I want to be. And so um, it's so funny because he bought a bunch of cocaine that was like really nasty and, and oily. So me being the good drug addict that I was, <laughs> I, re, I recooked it for him and made it good. And I, I threw it on the table. I said, I'm out of here. I can't, I, can't, I can't do this with you anymore. And I left. And it was like that right there was like, oh my God, like, who is this person that's like refusing to do drugs, but like, you know, and, and, and leaving and alleviating themselves from the situation. Right. You know, I, that was a, a moment of clarity for me right now. That was my second step. Like I had to be introduced to sanity to actually know what sanity was and to be able to be restored to it. And, and you owned it in a way that was just natural. Mm-hmm. And that's mm -hmm. and, and that's when we know that we're we're moving towards something, right? We're not just this isn't about just putting it down anymore, right? It's not just like recovering exactly. from like just put this down. Now it's like we're we're owning something new. Exactly. Exactly. We're making a, a, a conscious decision um, to own something new and to do something new, you know, new behaviors. Right. And that's gonna bring us someplace that we haven't been before. Exactly. Exactly. And that is like a place where, you know, we're, we're thinking of ourselves and we're protecting ourselves. My sponsor Please. told me um, early on in recovery, he said that no period is a complete sentence, right. you know, and, and I choose to use that today when it comes to stuff that I don't, you know, that that's not good for my life or that I don't want to be involved with or be a part of. I just say no, period. You know, that's the decision I've made and I stick with it. You know, it's really crazy, too, because I was talking to my sponsor last night at our meeting and um, he was telling me about, um, you know, I told him when I first came into the program, like I heard like that you don't ever have to use or drink again in your in your life. And, um, you know, no matter what. And it's like when I heard that no matter what, I took it as a challenge. And I'm like, oh, okay, so no matter what, I don't have to use and drink. I don't have to. So, okay, no matter. It's a challenge. You're on. And so I've just always had that in my mind. Like, no matter what, I don't, I don't have to use and drink. No, it's a complete sentence. No. Yeah. Now, I know for me and everyone that I've talked to, we might put down drugs and alcohol or whatever it is we're putting down our DOC, let's say, like, 
I picked up sex, masturbation and um, gambling and other behavioral things to help me kind of get through those first five years. And mm-hmm. I had to put down all of that stuff eventually. What were some of the things that you picked up? And what are some things that you're noticing today that you're still maybe pacifying with? Um, like, first of all, television is my, like, that's been my best friend since my beginning of my recovery because, you know, I could watch my television. I can go in different places, different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great because it kept me from going out and going out and, and, and getting into mischief or something. And so um, that's been like, uh, that's been like a replacement for me because when I was using and drinking, I never fucking watched TV at all. Right. <laughs> what do you mean sit down and watch something? Hell no. Right? So like, like, I got things to do. <laughs> so that's one of my, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so that's been one of my biggest things in recovery. Um, and then one thing that I, some things that I've noticed that, um, that I, I have to change with, like I have some some deeper seated issues that I'm dealing with from, from childhood and from, um, you know, from um, abuse that I've gone through during addiction, you know, physical abuse that I've gone through during, during addiction. And, right. uh, so those are things I'm, I'm actually addressing and working on today, like to get past. And, and that's a, that's a, those are real important things to kind of face. Right. And those are hard. Mm-hmm. That's the shit that yeah. we were fucking avoiding with using, right? Like, wow, mm-hmm. like, like we continue to use the hide from that. So what the hell are we doing? Right. Like, like right. And, and now, like, looking at that is really owning who we are and finding out, like, who, like, how strong we are. Right. And, you know, the biggest thing about, um, you know, looking at your own inventory and, and, and being um, rigorously honest with your, yourself and your own inventory is that, you know, you have to... Um, First, you have to, there, there has to be a, an element of, of acceptance, because if I don't accept what's happened, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, then there's no way I'm going to be able to move on and, um, and, and change that, you know? Right. Yeah, we and, have to, we have to, I mean, you know, I, I do workshops and I talk to people about trauma and like that, those trauma memories like live in the body and... Mm-hmm. And to be able to get rid of those, it's not about logically understanding where they came from. You know, like we can logically understand where that shit comes from all over the place, but that doesn't get us beyond it. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, you know, and then the other element is that you've got to um, there's got to be a certain amount of forgiveness that you're willing to um, to submit. You know, it's like there has to be some sort of forgiveness. That one for me is the hardest. But um you know, I do it because I know that that's the only way I'm going to be able to heal or have any stimulants of, um, of, of, of stability or, 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 or sanity, you know, yeah. or clarity. How do you face forgiveness? Like, uh, like what, what are some, what are some things that you have been able to become comfortable with in terms of forgiving either others or yourself? Um, others, for instance, I've, I've forgiven my brother for cheating me out of like, almost almost thirty five hundred thousand dollars of my mom's um estate that he ripped me off for you know um that's something i had to i had to come to terms with and 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 accept and forgive and um you know it took a couple a couple years or so you know yeah that would Um, take 
That'd take a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that was a big one because it's, you know, my oldest brother. And, you know, it's like, and so, you know, and, and, and but I had to work through prayer and through my sponsor and with my program and just, you know, realize that, you know, accepting it and, um, you know, and forgiving that person for it um, was the only way that I'm going to be able to move on um, without any, you know, without any strings attached or, or without any, you know, denial lingering in the midst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you have you ever kind of looked at how that incident, how you experienced that incident comes into your awareness or came into your expression like of your life? How uh, did the awareness come into the expression of my life? <laughs> yeah, like, because, because of the step work that you have to do. And when you have to do that four step and write those resentments down and stuff, it's like you have to really take a look at it, you know, and um yeah, that, he was a part of, that was a part of, he was a part of my resentment, my first resentment list. You know? Wow, okay. Are, are there still residual things that come up with that? Kind of, kind of, sort of, but no, but then because the universe gave me, the universe gave me, um, you know, gave me, um, you know, sort of a karmic um, um, justification that like, because um, my brother was always against me because I used drugs and I was, you know, the whole thing, like, you know, He's a Christian, holier than now. He's, you know, and, and like, you know, and so now um, later in his life, his last several years of his life, he's become addicted to pain pills, um, opiates. And so like, you know, that's sort of like a karmic thing to me, the universe saying, Although we don't want to laugh at somebody's there's pain, always <laughs> There's always karma. No, but it just kind of shows you to see you've done your side of it. You've done your work and kept your side of the street clean now. See, this is what happens, you know. But even at that point, I still had to reach out to him and say, you know what? I understand. I understand what you're going through completely. And if you need to talk to me at any particular time or you just want someone to talk to, I'm here for you. That's another step that's big. You know, that's another step that's, you know, big and something that I've learned by working the steps that, you know, I've still got to be of service, you know. Absolutely. And especially to someone that really, like, no matter how much has, you know, how, how much water's gone under the bridge or whatever, like, he's still your brother. Right. Exactly. You know? And, and that, and like, to see a family member hurt in addiction, like, you know, like, he's addicted not because of the drug, but because of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that was all of us, right? And, and, yeah, absolutely. And he is so unhappy and he thought, that, you know, he may have thought, like, ripping you off was going to help him be happy. <laughs> you know, Whatever and, it was, exactly. You know, and that's, a, and, and that's a thing that, like, so many people believe. Like, you not having and me taking from you is going mm-hmm. to make me happy. And the thing is, is, like, we've learned because of our steps or because of the rooms or because of the experiences that we've had that like, Mm -hmm. we got to give it back. We have to give it back in order to keep it. That's for sure. So, um, and I know you got sponsees and stuff, but how, like, like you, now you're a performer. Yeah. How, like my guess is you're around drugs and alcohol every day. Uh huh. How does that, where does that put you in terms of like on the front line of where people are facing their addictions? 
where does that put me? Yeah, you know, well, like, like, like in terms rate? of giving back, in terms of being, uh, being uh, uh, like, are you? Oh, as far uh, as my personal recovery in China, I just have to lead it by example, you know, and that's what I do. I lead by example. You know, there's so many people. I mean, I've, I've been able to, like, help people that, you know, in and out of the rooms, you know, yeah. it's like by being an example, by just doing what, um, you know, what I'm supposed to do in the program and, and following the principles and the traditions. You know, it's like just because someone else is using and drinking doesn't mean I have to. But then you know, there's been several people that have come to me that have been like, you know what? I have this thing with, 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 with this addiction and I can't. What do I do? I want, you know, I, I, I said, well, the first thing is you just have the desire. You have to have the desire to stop doing it. And if mm -hmm. you have that desire to stop doing it, then that's 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 a big step right there. And, um, you know, then you just get into the program, you know, and start working a program. I honestly believe in, in my heart of hearts, I honestly believe that every human being should have to do a 12-step, um, at least go through the 12 steps one time in their life um, in order to maintain life or just stay on this earth. I really do. I mean, right. if, if, if that were to be the case, do you know how fabulous this world would be? <laughs> That's right. Like, how it much should better? be a high school course. It should be. I'm serious. Absolutely. One full year and like, and it should be like juniors because they're the worst. Exactly. Exactly. They're the most, they're the most um, impressionable. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they're going to be seniors and then they will be my, a friend of mine sent me a text the other day and she, and, and she said, you don't want to always meet people where they're at. You mm -hmm. might want to meet them where they want to be. Mm -hmm. you know and that's like mm -hmm. like yourself right like going out and meeting people where you're at because you're not judging them mm -hmm. exactly yes and that's it and that was yeah that was a beautiful little thing um right. so do you have certain relationships in your life today that might on a very loose scale be defined as addictions. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if you still, if you still have the mm -hmm. TV thing or, or, yeah, or I do. Of... <laughs> no, pretty much. No, not really. I mean, like I chant, I'm Buddhist. So I chant, um, I try to chant twice a day um, and do my, my ganyo. And um, that sort of keeps me like connected with the universe and keeps me pretty grounded um so that i'm not anxious like and i also deal with this uh, you know uh, i also deal with um you know with depression and anxiety and such like that and i have to take medications for that which i take responsibly today mm -hmm. um and so through the course of those you know meditating and taking you know my prescribed medication for my conditions plural um I'm pretty, I'm pretty much able to maintain a level, you know, I, I don't really overindulge in anything or replace anything with, you know, you know, I take what I'm supposed to take and do what I'm supposed to do in order to, um, in order to maintain, um, you know, um, stability and be grounded and, and yeah. 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 And when I, you know, when I talk about that, I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of times I talk to people about like, oh, they have workaholism or they have like, you know, they just, they, you know, I talk to some people what and they say like, I read too much, you know, like I'm reading yeah. five books a month. It's like, I yeah. can't just spend time with myself. Workaholism is kind of a thing that I'm, I'm doing, that I do. Um, I work a lot, but, um, 
you know, when I have my spare time, I definitely like just dedicate it to me and relaxing and doing what I need to do to, um, to maintain the balance that I need in my sobriety because, um, you know, balance is super important, you know? Oh man. Yeah. Like we totally need super balance, important. Right? Like, we all need to have balance in our life and, and yeah, you know, with exercise and with, you know, with rest and with, you know, you know, meetings and just the whole thing has to be balanced, you know, to some extent. And, you know, it, it's, it's a work in progress and, you know, you always get to adjust it um, just, you know, depending on life. Well, right. Because like, you know, if you're standing on one foot, if you get stiff and don't shift your weight at all, mm-hmm. you're going to fall over. Right. So balance right. is a constant dance of mm-hmm. adjusting the amount of rest, the amount of work, the amount of food, the amount of uh, fasting, Exercise. or whatever. Exactly. Can you talk about um, when did you realize you were transgender? Well, my entire life I've been like androgynous. I've always been in between. Like I've never, you know, I'm I'm multiracial, so I've never really claimed a, a specific race. Um, but I didn't really claim being transgender because like when I grew up, there wasn't a name for it. So right. like, yeah, cause I'm like 57 years old. So, uh, there was not a name for it when I grew up. Right. Um, so, um, in my recovery this past 14 years, um, when I got into recovery is when I, I decided that, okay, well, you know, it's because of government and, and things that they want you to, you know, pick a side and, you know, yeah. it's like. So I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm going to have to pick a side. And I started doing hormones and I was like, you know, I started doing hormones like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Okay. Um, and so it's like I had to have a gender marker for my ID and I didn't want it to be male because that's what it was before. So, you know, I just went through the um, channels to be able to change my gender marker um, legally um, in my name. And, um, you know, that's when I officially became transgender. Beautiful. Yeah. And that was, and that was, and you started, you started, you started transition, you started hormones before you got sober. Correct. How, how did your understanding of yourself like solidify or shift or what, like since, since sobriety? Um, just the fact that like, you know, just the fact that like, I just had to, I, I, had to fall under a label and so like that's I, I just sort of accepted trans and you know and this last couple of decades especially this last decade it's become more of a movement you know and um and um it's become more more um visualized and accepted uh so yeah but it's like it's it's just I've all I'm always going to be a spirit having a human experience and that that's spirit right. that I that spirit that I am does not have a gender, does mm-hmm. not have a race. This is just for, for mankind and for government so that they can put some sort of, you know, they can put some sort of name. They can put to, you in to, some to, motherfucking box. That's a box. And so they can put some name to you or then they put you in a box. and they can, But I'm still a spirit having a human experience and that's never going to change. That's right. And you're a hell of a spirit, I'll tell you what. So that's, that's <laughs> beautiful you. because, like, that's what... Like for me, I, you know, like I project as male, I I identify as male, but I love all of the female, like 
qualities of my mind and my body and all of the things that, um, that I identify as female within me. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, not a lot of people can have that conversation, you know, especially, you know, just cisgender dudes. Right. Right. And, and, and so like, just having a be, being able to have a conversation about like, okay, well, none of us are a hundred percent one thing, right? Of anything, right, you know, I'm not a hundred percent addict, and I'm not a hundred percent recovered. But you know, like, right. it's, it's important to be in that in the gray of all things. Like again, right? I like the gray because it's in between, and it's like, and it is the balance, as you said. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and that's why I've always in between. We are that's not, why I've we always, that's 100%. where I'm most comfortable is in between. <laughs> right. You know, we're not just a hundred percent like flesh. We are 100% people, 100% spirit. These are, mm-hmm. these are, we are two 100% things and we could embrace the body completely, which is what we did when we were addicts. And then mm-hmm. when we stepped away, we were able to understand that we are bigger than this and we are more important than, than just our body. Right. Absolutely. So in terms of your higher power and your spirit and yourself and that relationship, where is the, like, I don't know, like, where, I don't know what the question is. I want to, I want to have a conversation about like, about that spirit having a human experience and then Mm -hmm. sobriety or understanding the self in a deeper way. Um, it's, yeah, I've just always felt, I've always felt, felt more like a spirit. I've always been spiritual, you know, um, even when I could, as a kid, I could remember, I've always been spiritual. Um, and so that's been like sort of my guide throughout this whole process and transition through drugs and alcohol and everything. And it's really weird because like, you know, the, the, the God or the higher power, the God that I grew up with was not the one I, I, I eventually chose, um, as my representative, um, you know, and fortunately through the program, I've been able to, to create a God of my own understanding or a higher power of my own understanding. And, um, and um, it's amazing because like, I know that my higher power today has my back and it's really super amazing because like I had in a relationship with this higher power before I even identified it. Like even during my drug addiction and, and alcohol and, and carrying on like, for 30 years straight. Like I'm, I'm hardcore. Um, there was something that kept me and sustained me from, um, from like, like detrimental harm. And, um, and, um, that was my higher power. I just didn't know what it was or I couldn't identify it until I got into the program and realized, Oh, my higher powers had my back the entire time you know, and um, wants me to succeed and wants me to to prosper and wants me to be the best that I can, you know, and um, wants me to be loving and and be able to give back and have something to offer to mankind, you know, um, in this world, you know, in this this level of, of, of my life. Our higher power is not something you can write down and pass on to the next person. Mm -mm. And it may not be something that you grew up with, you know, a higher power or a Lord or a God that you grew up with because like, yeah, no, that's the beauty about this program is that we get to create that. It gives us the ability to do that. That's why I'm saying this program and these 12 steps are so magical because it just gives you so much insight to spirituality and to like, you know, and to um, just 
just how to live and be, you know, um, you know, a phenomenal person, a phenomenal spirit, you know? Yeah, there is this. It, Everyone should have to do it. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Again, we're going to we're going to petition junior junior year. You have to pass the U.S. like citizenship test. And right. you have to pass. <laughs> Like the 12-step uh, program. Step, you have to do the 12-step, yeah? That's right. <laughs> this is across the country. With a chosen or designated sponsor. <laughs> That's right. Like, if you can't choose one, one will be chosen for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crystal, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Like, this was beautiful. Awesome. Me too. I'm so grateful. Crystal brought up the idea that we should all do the 12 steps at some point in our lives, and I totally agree with that. I'm looking into how it might be possible to spread it into schools, so contact me if you have ideas about or are working towards that in particular, or if you'd like to contribute. The steps, as we spoke about in my interview with Marin Douglas a few weeks ago, are natural things that we do when we're dealing with recovering from. But with all the unnatural things we've surrounded ourselves with in this life, it's really hard to decipher or to trust ourselves in that process. Crystal is a performer in L.A. and is part of the fashion house Cosmos Glam Squad. And you can find links to everything Crystal is doing in the description. Consider heading over to Anchor.fm and supporting this podcast. I would also love to hear from you, so comments and criticisms and suggestions are all welcome. You can leave me a voicemail message on the podcast homepage on Anchor. If you are someone in long-term recovery and would like to be on the show, reach out to me through my website or on social media. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and tell your friends about the difference between recovering from and recovering to. What we're doing here doesn't have to stay here. We want to spread this message far and wide because it's going to help each and every one of us. Once again, This is the Recover Yourself Podcast, and I'm your host, Martin John. Until next time, keep recovering yourself.